to the where he wants. Hey to. guys, what's up? It's Zemit here with Cartel Aristocrats cast number 37. I'm joined this week with my co-host Travis Allen, Jim Casali, and Douglas Johnson. Uh, this last week we had GP Louisville, a tournament I was at that we'll talk about in depth. But at first, Wizards decided to go ham and ban three cards in standard, leaving all of us both happy and sad because we're going to lose money on Emrakul and Smuggler's Copter, but we're going to make money on the format change. So first impressions, guys, on what exactly is going on? Uh, I, I'm happy with it. I mean, I'm not like somebody who is being oppressed by the by the Thopter Copter or by the Emrakul. I didn't, I didn't even know that it was ban-worthy. I don't know. I don't watch Standard or care about Standard, but like people are going to come to me now with different deck lists and say like, hey, my dredge got banned. I need to buy this. Or they're going to sell me Grave Trolls for like two bucks a piece. Or It's going to be fine. If you're, if you're somebody who is more interested in making money on this game than playing this game and you're upset about the bannings, you're wrong. Like even if you had like 10 Emrakuls or whatever, just it's fine. Don't worry about it. You make more money off of the shift than you do off of like, than you do losing money off of like owning cards or not owning cards that get unbanned or whatever. Like, it's fine. I mean, I think it's pretty sweet. I have been wanting to purchase Emrakuls and Thopters and, and Smugglers Copters for EDH, but because they were in standard, I thought I was probably going to have to wait for like another year and a half before that was a thing I could reasonably do. But what are you playing Copter in an EDH? Uh, I'm playing it in the new one that I'm about to make with Baral because he's just really bad at attacking. So you just want to like loot and like basically like tempo your stuff, I guess. I mean, he just incre increases my clock from one to three. Okay. Unless we draw a card, discard a card. So I don't know. It's just it's just a very powerful artifact. Like you you can find a use for it in a lot of decks because it's also you know it dodges sorcery speed removal like. There's a reason why cards are good in standard, and you can pretty much apply that to any other format if you try hard enough. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Douglas pretty much just described me, my my position with this as somebody who has 10 or 12 Emrakuls, <laughs> but isn't really a player. Uh, so I'm a little annoyed about that, but I guess they just get dumped into the spec box and I wait for, um, I wait for them to be popular and modern or casual or something like that. But yeah, other than that, I like the fact that now it's <clears throat> there's more there's more change in the format. Change is always good if you're looking to profit because you need card prices to change. Um, I mean, if you're a player, it seems really good too because the minimal amount you eat and your card costs means you get an exciting new format uh, that was probably going to be a lot less exciting and a lot less new than you would hoped it would be with uh, with Aether Revolt coming out. So. Uh, seems like an exciting time all around for for most Magic players. I think the only person this hurts super bad is like the the young twenty something college kid who like just spent their entire paycheck on like Delirium or the Works Marvel or something like that, or like they just spent a month saving up for this and they just bought it. In which case, like it sucks, and I feel bad for you, but you you bought it at a really bad time, so well, live and, you like live and learn kind of thing. I don't think there's – you can't say, like, they bought it at a bad time. I don't think that's fair at all because we've never seen this, and there's not very – virtually no precedent for this. But I do for want a standard banning or for, like, a standard banning the week early? Both. I mean, obviously, we've had standard bans, but nothing – I mean, the last time it happened with Jason Stoneforge, and it was much more obvious then than it was this time how bad it was. Uh, I mean, it was, much, it was much more obvious, and there was a lot less cards banned. I mean, you still, like, if you're – 
building a standard deck, I think you still wait until like the day after the ban instead of like if you if you this is if this is a long term project for you and you've been building your standard deck for a month, I don't think you like finish building it the week before like a bunch of changes happen. Well, that may be. I mean, there are other reasons why it wouldn't be the wisest to be buying standard cards right now. But in any case, I'm not giving those guys a hard time about it. It's just unfortunate. Also, I think Black Green Delirium might also do pretty well after this. They didn't really play Smuggler's Copter. They mostly just played one Emrakul, which isn't that big of a loss, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is, like, you know, traditionally we tell people that December is the best time to buy standard cards that you're going to play in standard because it gets cheap when the holidays come around. So if people bought their entire decks in, you know, the Christmas time when there's a bunch of sales and stuff, I wouldn't have blamed people for doing that either. Basically you're heartless, DJ. Yeah. <laughs> Travis's no health soul. is basically the health of standard right now. Sorry that uh, I was gone for a second. You know, when you have a manager who's like, late 40s at the game shop and you tell him to create an event for a legacy tournament and he just posts all the information instead of creating an event and everyone's like hey what day is this what time and he's just like oh i thought control c control v would solve everything shop problems anyway is, all right can i point out here the extreme pot yeah. calling kettle blackness yeah. is happening are you the criticizing somebody else on their technological skills when you're the one who couldn't find their microphone for the past 15 minutes not microphone. XSplit overrided everything I tried to do to get on Hangout, so I had to uninstall XSplit for this cast. This is what happens when you're in St. Louis on an old computer. You have, this is what happens when you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. You have repeatedly bemoaned your lack of technical knowledge to us. I do know how to create an event on Facebook. There's that. It's that, all that relative, Jeremy. It's all relative. Anyway, I went to GP Louisville this weekend, and I ogred over 100 Jataxian probes to vent to like basically one vendor. So I sort of feel bad for the guy. Uh, but then I used all that money to buy Emrakul's. So I'm probably the bigger fool in this relationship. So I, I'm like, I'm like constantly looking at the price of Emrakul on TCG player. I really want to get a couple of copies at like seven or $8, but not it'll be there by the end of the weekend. Yeah. That's what I'm figuring. Like I want to pay like $2 for a smuggler's copter and like eat for an Emrakul and I'd be happy. Yeah, so anyway, Louisville was pretty bad for people. Uh, all the grinders didn't get any money, which depending on your stance on people who come up to you and aren't a shop and say, I'm a shop, give me 50%, you know, that may be good or bad for you. There were 20 vendors in the room, including Star City, and like about 60 players per vendor, so it was pretty shit. Like, there were very few boosts making money. Hyreuya is now buying casual cards. They had the, some of the highest prices on casual cards in the room because Bashard took that over and he's convinced uh, the lead guy at Hyreuya to like try casual cards out because the competitive market keeps falling, I guess. So it was that interesting. Is, that is a real shame. What, that the what competitive market keeps falling? No, the Hyreuya is buying casual cards now. Yeah, they had the highest buy prices on gods and like other. I tweeted their buy, one of their buy boards. Like, yeah, it's it's really weird. Uh, they were buying uh, Narset Transcendent from Dragons of Tarkir at seven dollars, which was like three dollars above TCG low or something crazy. So, yeah, like everyone else is offering me four Narsets, and Haru is like, yeah, we'll take them at seven. That's I think, con, right? What? Narset Transcendent 
Is it the Planeswalker or the Dread? Yeah, it's the Planeswalker. Dread, the Planeswalker. Oh, okay, never mind. Enlightened yeah. Master is the EDH commander. Yeah. Gotcha. That's also a pretty good pickup right now, the EDH one. But uh, yeah, like the head guy was like, oh, we're aiming to become the one-stop shop for all your magic needs, which of course every booth says that, but their price is pretty much reflected at this weekend. Um, and then I packward third edition foreign blackboarded with Ed, who's been on our cast a lot and the cool stuff buyers. And we went through the entire box and I got a Tundra. So that was cool. And then I sold it to pay off my pack wars. So yeah, nice. a lot of pack warring going on. Uh, as far as the event goes, Leovold was being bought at $32 on site. I sold way too many of them, looking back at what his price has gone up to today. And I sold some foils at 150 bucks each, which was at the time TCG low was 170 something. And now it is like 190 or might be higher. I haven't really checked today. It's been a busy day. Boxes of Conspiracy look pretty good. Yeah, well, remember I had said on this cast that I had bought credit at between 75 and 80%. So I was basically just opening $65 boxes. And I sold all the Leovolds, all the Sanctum Prelates, all the Recruiters, and three copies of Berserk. And I made my money back on the entire, all the boxes I bought. No, so I don't have it. Yeah, the rest was just free money. Especially because it was a Legacy GP. I was getting 12s on Sanctum Prelate, which felt really good on site. So how are you getting $12 for Sanctum Prelates when you didn't have a booth? Well, you're selling them to vendors, but they're paying way over because on the floor, people need these cards last minute. Oh, so you were selling these to vendors for 12 Yeah, and vendors were paying 32 on Leovold, which at the time, it's TCG low was 37 and yeah, that felt great. And now it's like 50-something. Yeah, no like kidding. 60 bucks now. Yeah, so <laughs> whatever. I'll just buy more cases through my distributor and crack them anyway. So I'm really mad. My case only had one Leovold in it. Oh, boo-hoo. I'm so sorry. Look at Mr. Moneybags over here opening a whole case. We should talk more about the standard changes in Sahili or I, because I feel like that's the information that is most applicable for our audience. Yeah, Sahili's price has really rised lately. Um, Star City was paying 12.5 on her this weekend on the floor, which was the highest I saw. Uh, shout out to Bekvar for getting completely destroyed by one of the vendors. He walked up to a vendor and they had like 40 Sahilis in the case at X number. I think it was like six. He's like, I'll take them all. And they like flipped them over and they're like, let me go check TCG real quick. And then they no cert him and they're like, yeah, how's 15 each sound? <laughs> so like, if you have the card in your case, like, and it's at that price, like you sell them a couple and then you reprice, you don't like full-on stop like flip over the entire case yep. and do that and like i didn't see it happen but like that's what he came over and told me because he was wandering around with sig all weekend i don't understand i don't understand how like if you're you always if, if somebody comes up and tries to buy 40 cards i can't imagine you ever just sell them all 40 without looking it up like sell them like a place at, at the posted price but clearly if they're buying 40 of them there's something you're they know that you don't or they think they know that you don't yeah but that happens on the floor all the time and like theoretically you paid two dollars each on sahili or three and now you're making a profit like we don't reprice cards in our case if i'm not there we sold a ton of sahili's at six bucks this weekend yeah, yeah, I don't doubt it. But it's one thing if it's somebody, if it's a bunch of people coming up and asking for between one and four. But if one guy comes up and says he wants to buy you out, it's like, uh, all right, what's going on here? Like, this is at least worth think 
thinking twice about. Yeah, it's worth like a five second scan on your like phone, just like quick yeah. piece. But like, I don't know. I know. What I, I'm I saying this, is, Doug, I this if is someone been on the other side of this multiple times. Yeah, like Doug, if someone came in, like, yeah, wouldn't you think like I'm making a profit, or would you just be like have a play set and I'll check the price? Or like limit them and not just like literally flip the stack over on your case and I mean, then I would like sell, come back I would, with that. I would still sell them all. I would still sell them all because I've been that person on TCG player. Like somebody ordered, like somebody ordered, bought me out of beck and calls a couple days ago. They bought like twenty five beck and calls for me for three dollars each. I was like, fine, take them. I don't care. But like, um, I'd still I'd sell them all, but then I'd check afterwards and then I would adjust my buy price accordingly. Yeah, that's how I felt. I'd feel so guilty, like flipping over a stack of cards in front of a prospective buyer's face, especially because it's Beckfar and he's got a pretty vocal voice in the community. Yeah. Like I'd still um, sell them all, but then I'd like right over, go over to my white go over to my whiteboard, change my buy price on Sahili to eight or ten or whatever, and then just like live with it. If he walked over and offered to buy my card that was in the case at ten but was on TCG for four and he was buying them for more than they were worth, I would still flip them on him. Just because it's him. Jesus. I don't know. I think there's like definitely some gamesmanship that to be had here. Like, if you ask for like, you ask them how many they have, and you ask to buy less than all of them, then you might be able to buy them if you do that. Can I have thirty-eight of your right. forty Sahelia eyes? No, no, no. Like, if they have forty and you ask for twenty, I, I'm not sure that they would go check. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. If you ask for a place that where like X is like the possible number of people on your team or whatever, then. It yeah, if you are like sixteen or twenty, they they probably won't no sir you and won't check. That's the trick is you get you do that, and if they sell it to you, you get your friend to go over and buy the other group in like twenty minutes. Yeah, yep, yeah. That that's I think that's like the I don't want to say the pro play, but like definitely stores are more keen on people trying to buy all of them rather than trying yeah. to buy a lot. Like you set off a lot more alarms if you try to buy everything in the case, but if you're like unsure of how many there are and you ask for how many of them are in the case and they tell you and then you ask for a number that's like close to half then maybe the maybe you get those without them you know the, the, to refine this even further if you just walk up and say i will take them all it means you don't care how many there are you just want all of them but if you say i want 16 it sounds as if you like you're not looking for any number you want exactly 16 and like then you can kind of see as he counts it out how many has left and you can kind of go from there uh, but there's definitely a different message between asking for 16 and asking for all. Even if they even have only have 16 in the case, the context of asking for 16 is different. Yeah, but at the same time, like if anyone who's ever been to a Grand Prix knows, like vendors sell each other cards on Sunday as the events are winding down, like because one guy's paying more than the other. And like, yeah, you can make whatever you are going to make after fees and labor on those cards anyway. So, like, definitely on Sunday, in the short time I was there, like, vendors were sitting down. Like, uh, Jameson from Full Grip was sitting down at Tails, I believe. And, like, he was getting rid of stuff that they probably, like, their buy price was set on. But then they're like, oh, shit, Tails is paying exactly what I'd make after I sell it. So, I don't think it's out of out of reason to, like, have a random person walk up and say, yeah, I'll take them all. Well, I don't disagree with you, but recognizing it as somebody yeah. who works for another vendor is part of it. And also, they can still, like, oh, this guy's asking for all of our Sahili Rise. You look, you go, oh, the price hasn't changed. Okay, that's fine. And you sell them because, like, whatever. Apparently, this dude has a plan. But it's just, you know, you think it. There's also a difference between, like, the day of the week. If that's happening on Sunday, it's a lot different than, like, oh, this is happening on Friday and this is new tech or there's some new article or there's new spoilers. Like, there's a big difference between, like, this is Sunday inventory dump time. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. If you go in there at like noon on Friday and you're like, I want all of your copies of one specific mythic rare, they're gonna you're you're gonna set them all. Yeah. Anyway, when I was going around around looking for other Sahelis, like vendors had said, Yeah, we sold them all for six bucks. And like they had updated that right away. Um other than that, like on the topic of vendor finance, cool stuff's locked in for another year, Jim. I don't know if you knew that. And their new pens are awesome. I think I grabbed like twelve and like a bunch of life beds. So they're locked in for what for another year? Uh, cool stuff's locked into another year of vending because it was like booth prices are keep going up, and I guess like they're just like yeah we can't get enough locally, so they're locked for the rest of North American Grand Prix for the year, which is nice because I love selling to them on certain stuff. So this is all well and good, but like we should talk more about Sahili and what that means and the standard bands. So, I mean. The cards got banned. We're all going to make a lot more money now because Volkers that previously might not have been viable are now viable. Like right. this I'm is saving one of the week. But I'm saying the people who are listening to this are probably less interested in what vendors sold what cards to which other vendors. Much less interested in that than they are in is the Healy Rye combo meaningful and standard? What does it do to the rest of the deck? Where else can we make money? What are there going to be hate cards that are going to go up in price? Like all that type of thing. Well, hate cards, for the pick of the week, so. hate cards, especially authority of the council is like a 60 cents and vendors were paying a dollar on the floor Saturday night. So I hope I didn't steal that from you, Doug, but like that. You, like, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think? That's, that's the one where they come in tapped and you gain a life, right? Yes, yeah, I don't actually think it's that great because like sideboard cards that hate out a specific combo. No, no, no. Just I don't think it's great either, but I think enough people will think that it's great that you pull them out of your bulk rares, put them in your binder, and say I want a dollar fifty on this, and then you trade those for fuck all whatever. Well, I mean they're not even bulk. I think there's like four different shops paying fifty cents on them right now that no one even knows about. My point is that like you prop if you buy bulk rares and if you've been picking up bulk rares and you have these, you pull them out of your oh I got these for ten cents. You slide them into your binder and then you say I want a dollar fifty on these and then you make fifteen times exactly. Well, that's fine. Uh, I guess I just I don't. <clears throat> I'm not saying pick it up and expect it to be like a three or four dollar car. I'm saying like pick it out and trade it to people who are like oh I'm gonna need these because this is gonna be op. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a fine play. I just I would caution our listeners against thinking that a sideboard card against a untested combo is going to end up at seven dollars. Like, in, right. you, if you that combo is trade them to the people who think that, right? Yeah. Like, I think if that combo could be so good that they have that they do end up deciding to ban uh, the glimmer void, whatever the elk cap thing. It could be that it could be so good that they decide to ban it. And even in that case, that card I think cap at three dollars maybe four yeah but that's great we've seen that happen with what infinite obliteration and languish before well sure but you know for the average person who's buying them at what 50 cents 75 cents and then trade you know trying to trade them out they can't go through enough of uh um enough volume to really do well on that you know it's tough if you're buying them for 75 cents and then trying to sell them for four dollars yeah. like if you're doing yeah, a yeah. tcg type of thing don't buy authority of the consoles on tcg for like 75 cents 50 cents whatever just like no. pick them out of the out of the bulk rares you've gotten at like 10 cents, 25 cents, whatever, and then like sell them for a dollar, dollar fifty or trade them out at locals. Yeah. Shout out you to say like, oh, five dollars for the place that have authority of the consoles. I'll take your I don't know, some random planeswalker, like a remand or whatever. Just like that's how you that's how you grind up from like dimes to dollars. Agreed. 
shout out to our boy Misha's Photoshop on Twitter for following the live feed and saying, is it true that the only way to make money in MTG finance is to buy bulk rares? Well, that's what a quarter of our cast is dedicated to. <laughs> we have one person specializing in that. Uh, another card that I you got to watch out for. Right for a second. What? I'm not sure if you made that pun intentionally, but I'll give you points for it. Yeah. Uh, another one Another one that uh, that'll go up, uh, Conspiracy Time, is uh, the Thalia buy a box promo. This also stops. Uh, this also stops the the combo. Maybe wizards just wants death and taxes in standard. Something I'd be okay with. We got ether vial as an invention. That's a black white deck, right? What? What's a black white deck? Oh, never mind. Yeah, okay. Uh, never listen to brainstorm brewery this week. Just that's all I'm gonna say. Oh, God. It's, some, it's something stupid Corbin did. Okay. Had a kid. Yeah. He anyway, called white, he called death and taxes a black white deck. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of, um, yeah, there's like a lot of things that could go up because of this. And Kaladesh has opened a ton, like a ton, a ton. And it's crazy to see if Sahili will stay where she's at. I mean, it's already been two days and she's down to 19. Like I sold all the extra ones I had, uh, outside of the shop in St. Louis for <laughs> 16 on TCG today. And they were gone in like a couple of minutes because it was a solid three dollars below the rest and i was just like i don't want these even if it's real like why not lock in profits now like sure you'll miss a little bit of a percent but like corbin always says leave the last percent for someone else well yeah, I, I just would rather triple up now and just not worry about it and just go buy more bulk with those profits i think chandra's okay here she's like, five bucks right no, no no i'm talking like torture defiant she's like okay. you can get her for like 20 and yep. like, if, I'm not saying buy a bunch and hope she goes to 40, but like, if you're, if you if you picked up Sahili right early and you got them for like five or six or whatever, and now they're 20, I think you trade Sahili across for Chandra Torchwood finds because I think that card has upside if Emrakul and Copter's pants come down. Um, while we were talking, somebody tweeted Thalia stops new Sahili Rai combo and is only two dollars. <laughs> Just completely unrelated to this cast. At the same time. Yeah, I like Dahlia. She's also um, also just a good card in general, you know, which is what you want in that type of card. Something that's good at hosing that combo, but you know, does more than just. Yeah, it's that. not useless without it. Like Authority of the Consoles is. It's not like yeah. oh, I have this and it does nothing in half my matchups. It's like it beats face for for three. Authority I'm Consoles is one of those like trap sideboard cards where it looks really good on paper, and then you play with it, and you draw two of them in your opening hand, and then you can never win a game. Yep. Huh. I like Scrap Heap Scrounger, too. That card has been going up in popularity anyway because of the black-red deck, though, right? That's, that's like my... I have no idea what that card's played in or if it's good or not, but that's just, like, my favorite kind of standard card to play is, like, the recurring graveyard artifact guy. I don't know. Don't buy him at $2, but, like, if you do what I do and you get them for, like, quarters, 15 cents, just throw them in a box and then hope they go to, like, three. If you get cards for a quarter of market value, that's a good way to make money. <laughs> Another card I like is Dovin Bond with uh, Copter. Like Dovin Bond and Liliana are both pretty cheap planeswalkers, and Liliana's like thirties. You know that, right? Yeah, I think she has room to go back up again. She's but, like forty, I think. Yeah, I I really like Dovin Bond now because he just doesn't die right away to Copter. Like you get a stabilize against mid range or aggro with drawing cards and gaining life, which is where a blue white deck like wants to be. Doesn't that deck just want to play like most of its stuff at the opponent's turn? Like, isn't that the glimmer of a genius slot? 
Yeah, but I feel like Dovin does have some upside now that you don't have to worry about. Like the the uh, vehicles in Aether Revolt just are not very good. Like they're just not as good as Smuggler's Copter in any way, shape, or form, which makes Dovin Bot a little bit more playable. But I still think that Gideon Ally of Zendikar is going to ruin Standard, and people are going to be very sick of that card very quickly. So. Right, but we have to look long-term, and, like, you know, now that... I know Doug knows this, I know you guys know this, like, rotation's coming up sooner than anticipated, and you want to be out of all these cards before they rotate, so why wouldn't it be a good time now to start trading some of your stuff away? Uh, Travis, I'm going to kill you if you don't mute your mic. That's that's me, that's me. I'm going to kill all of you. Uh, Why not, like, trade some of these staples right now for stuff you think will go up, or even Planeswalkers that'll probably hold their value? Talking like to you, Jim. I like Dovin Bot at four. I mean, I just don't. I don't think that that card really has a ton of upside. Like, you, I don't know how many of them you can play because it can't kill anyone, which is part of that problem of that Planeswalker. Like, you need to be in a very defensive control shell that like has a reason to protect it, and then the ultimate doesn't do anything. Like, I don't know. He's just in a really awkward spot. Like it, it, the 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 place where he's the best is in like these weird control mirror matches where you have like one creature in play, and then the ultimate matters a little bit. But we saw that at the pro tour that I think Carlos Ramau ultimated his Dovin Bond. It just literally did nothing. So I don't I don't know I don't I don't like that very much. Like if you're gonna get cards from Kaladesh, I would just get some Gear Hulks. Just any Gear Hulk. It really doesn't matter. They're eventually gonna be good. They're just they're like Titans. Like they just need a little bit of time, and they're just gonna get good. I wonder if um if the place that's worth looking at here is the lands, because clearly any deck that wants to play the combo is gonna play blue red. So whether you're teamer, Grixis, just guy, straight blue red, like you're still in the blue red lands no matter what. And uh, <clears throat> they're both like around six dollars, which is a little pricier than I would normally like to buy in at lands on. But I mean, we've seen plenty of standard lands easily clear double digits into the fifteen dollar range, so. I don't know. I kind of wonder, um, you know, wandering fumarole especially. No one wants to sell that blue red land to me, but I'm literally picking up the blue green one by the bucket load because there's no deck for it yet, and I think that's the one that'll spike the most post rotation. Because like standard players don't have a long term view on on like standard finance, and like even if you're listening to this cast, you're probably more knowledgeable about Magic finance than most people. But like for casuals, they're like, oh, I want this blue red land for blue. Oh my god. Blue red land for the latest deck that's like tier one and standard, and they just dump everything else. So they're holding their blooming Martians as blooming marshes and spire bluff canals, but they're dumping like the the blue green and the uh not the they're only four black lands or there's five black white. They're dumping it's the black white and blue green botanical sanctum are the ones you're talking about. Yeah, like those are the ones I'm looking to pick up right now because TCG Low's getting pretty close to bulk. I think they're like two bucks and change now. And, like, we have so many we can't even keep them in, like, our cases. And, like, that's something that I'd st- I still want to buy because, like, there's no blue-green right now, but what if Rashmi comes along or something? Like, that's that's where I want to be. Man, I had so many. God, what land was that? I think Temple of Deceit. I had so many Temples of Deceit. I'm like, eventually this card will be good and standard and card will go price will go up. I still get Temples and Bulk Bears. It's great because, like, half of them were, like, $1.50, $2, and nobody knows it. Temple to see you can buy this for like seventy five cents dollar easy. It's great. Well, yeah, I mean this was I back during. Thursday. No, I get that. It's just 
Yeah, I ogred him for a dollar this weekend. So I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like concealed courtyard is probably the better of the two lands to buy because I feel like at least recently in in standard for Magic, like the blue green combination just never gets the best cards, or they get busted cards and they get banned. Like there's no in between. But can you agree at least like to stop focusing on the two most played and start looking at the other three? Oh, for sure, for sure. I I would I would buy Blooming Marsh probably more than anything else. I think that one is probably a little underpriced. Uh, I think the black ones are generally going to be better than the blue ones. Uh, but we don't know what we, we need to start seeing stuff from Amonkhet before we can make any like real decisions there. I, I am generally a very big fan of, you know, the sort of, um, be greedy when others are fearful concept except in terms of what people are focusing on if everyone's focusing on blue red move your attention elsewhere well that stuff is dirt cheap because things will move around i guess two things give me uh cause me to hesitate there one is that i'm just looking at the blue red because a very very specific combo has just been printed in well i guess in just color specifically now that i think about it um that would specifically drive those colors as opposed to just decks in general. And two, Simic hasn't been playable in standard uh, since I've been playing Magic, which was Zendikar, um, re like reliably playing Magic. Like there was one weekend here and there where somebody played an actual Simic deck, and that was it. So I just basically have just given up hope of that color combo ever being good in constructed Magic, at least standard. I mean, a lot of people played it at the Pro Tour, but. I don't know if that's going to be a thing going forward. What deck was it? The Marvel? Teamer um, Marvel oh. Works decks. The what? The what Marvel Works? They were blue green mostly, but they played red cards. Uh, yeah. Okay. They played red cards, but so it's not wasn't really Simic then. I mean, I it guess was, it could have been a, more blue green than not. Yeah, I was gonna say like the the uh, was it the Channel Fireball decks were blue-green and had, like, almost no ways to cast Kozilek's Return as their only red card. I'll allow it. And, like, Kozilek, and I know uh, Sean over at Brute Force Games had all of his Ulamogs bought out after Emrakul got banned as, like, sort of a replacement, but I thought they were already playing a couple of Ulamogs, so I guess they're just playing, like, Desolation Twin or Kozilek now, even though Kozilek doesn't really do too much. I don't so. know. Neither of those cards are that good. The best part about Emrakul was like you could draw and sometimes cast it in a game that went really long. Yeah, uh, I don't and think like you really pay. I don't think you can play Kozilek in the deck. For the record, I'm still so deep on Kozilek that like I don't think that card will ever go up. But if it does, I'll be so happy. I think that card's great long term. You and me both. How many do you I, have? I have. A I lot think I have a hundred. And I know I've got a ton of Desolation Twins, and I had a stack of Conduit of Rune, but all of my players have been buying them for EDH decks, which tells me that that card's only going to go up in the future. Because, like, it lets you tutor, and then your creatures cost less. Wait, which card? Conduit of Rune. Oh, Conduit of Rune, yeah. It's, like, one of the most sought-after cards locally besides Desolation Twin. And, like, Conduit of Rune is already 50 to 75 cents on buy list everywhere. So, like, no one knows this card is, like, worth money. So watch I, an eye. Keep an eye I, out. I have a billion cause like too, and I would love for that to go up, but I don't know if we're going to get there. But um, I just kind of assumed for Marvel works, <clears throat> they would most. I would guess they would just replace Emrakul with um, Gearhawks. 
because those are sort of a mid-range. You know, you can cast it for real mana, or you can slam it on turn three, cast multiples with the marbles type of thing. So it's kind of a bridge. Plus, like, if you are playing these cards, like, in a casual standard tournament at a bar or something, and, like, you spill a beer on an Embercool, you'd be pretty pissed. But if you spill a beer on, like, a Gearhawk, your Gearhawks would just turn into Beerhawks, so you'd be fine. I wasn't I sure where you were going with that, but it, it just didn't materialize in a good way. If yeah, I, I, guess that pun was only in, I guess that pun was only an artifact in my imagination. That oh, doesn't even make sense. If I had Turn the <laughs> if I had the ability to mute you, I would have muted you two words into that because I knew exactly where you were going with it. He said yeah. it before. He's used it before. Yep. All right. Do you guys want to talk about new cards? Because I think nope. there's some new cards that definitely have a lot more upside than they used to. All right. Go for it. So Yehenia's expertise is pre-ordering for like $6, and I thought that was a giant waste of money. But I think that might be the best card in standard very shortly because... Aggressive decks are going to be very good now because you don't have to worry about like rando 3 3 copters always blocking all of their guys that cost three or less. And uh, Yanni's expertise just kills all of the small things that most decks are playing and or should be playing, I suppose. And then it lets you cast a spell for free. So that seems pretty sweet. Yeah, and his expertise is pretty legitimate. And as far as all of the free spells go, it seems like one of the ones with the largest impact to cost ratio um, for what you're actually paying for. Like minus three, three for four mana is just a strong, useful ability. Um, as opposed, I don't know, like the three tokens seem like they could be invalidated a lot faster than Yehenny's minus the sweep effect. Right, like, if you're going by actual, like, what these cards cost without their free spell, three tokens is, like, a two to three mana effect, whereas minus three minus three is a four mana effect. I'd give you, like, three and a half, but yeah. The other thing that, like, I really think is going to be good about Yehenny's expertise is, like, it fits in so nicely in the green-black Delirian decks, because all of their guys have more than three toughness. And they have just so many high impact three or less casting cost spells. Like you can play a Liliana, you can play uh, Nissa Voice of Zendikar, you can put a Tireless Tracker into play, you can put a a uh, Grim Flayer, Sylvan Advocate. Just like there's so many things that are just pretty high impact for three or less mana that are in green and black right now. Yeah, being able to cast that and then just even just a Grim Flayer seems completely fine. Yep. That's another card that I think is like an even better hold now is Grim Flayer because it has been seeing play in that god awful format known as Modern, and like I I don't know if Delirium strategies are gonna get hurt at all with this new set. I think that's still a good place to be. Yeah, that's They're what I was saying. Yeah, and the only the they played one Emrakul. That was the only card they played in the entire um, out of all the stuff that got banned. And Blue White Flash beat up on Black Green, but that just got demolished. Um, so it's, it seems pretty good for Black Green Delirium. I have a bunch of foils that I'm holding on to because of uh, Modern. Cool. So there's something else that um, I want to touch on. And, you know, Travis has definitely written an article on this. <clears throat> but let's say that someone bought out Chainville, and on paper it looks like they made a ton of profits. But in reality, if they ship them, they will lose money shipping them how do you guys like moving like around five dollar cards that have a good amount of appeal but may not net you the best fees after you sell them online 
I mean, I still just sell my TCG player. So you I'm take fine. like the three dollars after all the fees and shipping. That's like three sixty. If you sell a card in TCG player for four ninety nine, you make like I want to say it's three sixty five or three six. It's like like in the three dollars sixty cents. And if you're like if you're a biolist or if you're a store and you're buying for like two dollars or two fifty, that's fine. Okay. Because I I had over I had a couple hundred chain veils with me this weekend and someone offered me three twenty five on them. I was like, I'm just gonna trade 200 chain veils into a mox. Like this seems like the best use of I mean, my that's time. That's like that's if you're going like that's better for you. That's if you're going to a GP and if you like have that many copies, like that's fine. Yeah, because it was basically, do I want to ship 200 copies on TCG and make the same amount in cash, or just get a mox that's slightly played and will probably go up, and I'll throw a win a mox for it? No, like if I was if I was in your situation, I'd do the same thing because that's better. That's better immediate margins because you make you make more money turning those into a mox and then turning that mox into something else quicker than you do like getting that equal amount of cash over like three months from PCD player. Yeah, I mean, I I was you just wondering all of that like time and effort that you need yeah, to ship out two hundred copies better. of a card. Like that's not a non-zero amount of of money basically. If time is money, and a mox is also like I don't know about where you're from, Jeremy, but like. When I got those few pieces of power, I was able to find a few people who were willing to pay over TCG low or over what I was expecting to get on those moxes just because I live in upstate New York and nobody owns any freaking moxes. Like, well, in the great state of Missouri, no, I, I agree. Like, like I sold that Sapphire for 1400 which was way over what I expected to get just because the person was like, I've never seen a Sapphire before, basically, like up around here. What did you yeah. pay on the Sapphire, if you don't mind me asking? Eight hundred. Uh, it was a little. It was a little over eight hundred. It was like eight fifty. Yeah, but you know that's one of the benefits that we have. And if you're an established listener, then why and like established financier, why you're listening to this cast? But Doug has a really good reputation, even though he only has ninety nine point seven percent feedback on TCG. That's positive. Like I got start doing international this, orders. So ooh, look at Mister. I'm not gonna use it, but. Uh, like once you start and this is for all the listeners once you start like establishing yourself and you you know one of the biggest things is never to screw over a customer for sure like uh there were some people talking in the room this weekend about a certain grinder that might have like done that in the past and like should they do a deal with him but um like you need to establish a good reputation you need to not screw your customers and that's why like on Sahili, like i would have felt horrible and my reputation would have been bad if i had like turned down people buying Sahili's from my shops or like on site. So like that's something you need to consider is the real cost of turning away business or like screwing someone. Yeah, because like that mock that sapphire that I picked up, uh, I got it from a middleman who basically brought it from the guy who didn't know anything about magic and then brought it to me. And then when I when I sold it for like much more than I thought I was gonna get, I gave the middleman guy an extra hundred bucks and I was like, here, I didn't expect to make this much, I'll pass it on to you if you promise to bring me the rest of the stuff that this guy uncovers out of his basement. And then that's where I got the jet and now I'm getting an emerald next week, so. Humble brags. You guys wanna move into pick of the week so that Doug can make the other cast? Uh, I don't even need to because you stole my authority of the consoles pick. Oh, but... it is authority of the consoles. Whoops. I gotta save my other pick of the week for Princeton Brewery. I gotta you come, can't up, with come up with a pick of the week off your head. I don't know, man. 
If you can't, Jared, Doug, if you can't come up with a pick of the week, you have to come up with a dick pick of the week. Jesus, Travis. <laughs> that, I think that counts all three of our F-bombs, like, just immediately. I mean, I just, like, I expect some people to say stuff like that. Yeah, like, yeah, I would yeah. expect Jason to have said that last week. I did not expect that out of Travis. You learn something every day, man. Yeah. That's how He's I do. getting a rise out of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, you. so I just sealed this card in an envelope. Yeah. Without, but I forgot to write the address on the front of it first, and now I have to like figure out if I can see what card I put in here. Why don't you just, you, you just look it up on your TCG player? Like, you have thirteen sales. It can't be that hard to find out which one it was. But oh no, all thirteen sales, the horror. Like Doug and I have to deal with like stacks, man. You guys are idiots. Also, hey, also I'll back. I'll nerds, why don't why don't you guys just print out the labels? I don't. I do. This. I do. Uh, maybe I haven't. I maybe haven't bought cards from you in a while, and I'll find out when you send me cards I bought you the other day. Bought from me the other day, but like, I just got the the Elishorn from Jeremy, and I'm like, who still writes stuff out? I take the time to personally handwrite all of my customers' orders when I am out of town. No, I just I just print. This them. is my PC player order stack that I need, that we're gonna do tonight. Oh my god, it's awful. Yep. That's about where I am. I I should be printing all of my envelopes, but I just haven't set it up on this printer. And the thing is, I bought a ton of these envelopes before, and I don't think that they fit in my printer. And I just haven't gotten around to setting it up because I don't generally do enough to make it worth it. Oh, I mean, well, I have a label printer, so like I print out the labels and then like sticky them on. Like me, my fiance helps me with that too. Like label as in your like, return label or the shipping like label. So you like, put you put, I put the these on the flavor envelopes. Of your address or their address? Their address, and then I have a uh, like rubber stamper for my address. Yeah, I looked at those rubber stampers. Those are expensive. They're like twenty bucks for a custom one. No, like I paid like maybe twelve. Seriously, you guys need to link me because I have not been able to find one for cheap. Yeah, I was like book. really surprised by how expensive. I've had this for like I found one a while ago for like seven or eight, and that one ran dry, and I couldn't find out where I got it. But this one was more recent, and it was like maybe twelve bucks. Link me that website. I need one okay. ASAP. I am tired Stamp of handwriting out the stampmaker.com. Right Perfect. I am tired of handwriting out the same address like a hundred times a night. All right, thanks, thanks everyone for joining um, to uh, right. Cartel Aristocrats, now sponsored by stampmaker.com. <laughs> Eco-friendly. Tentmaker.com. Tentmaker.com. Oh, did anyone ever see that? Uh, God, what was it? What the hell Travis, was it? you're old. We get it. No. Um, coupon bug. Couponbug.com. 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 This is why we can't monetize this cast is because we get sued by people who want to cut off the profits. Couponbug.com. Come on. I never heard of that. All right. While we're sponsoring... While we're talking about other companies that aren't magic, uh, do you guys want to talk about the, uh, the the best way to get rid of your smugglers copters and emeralds? I think Jim knows what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, you can trade them for epic. Yeah. So did we talk about this? We, no, we weren't recording. Oh, fair enough. But uh, there's a, there's a card game called Epic. It's made by like, a couple of Magic Hall of Famers. Um, and if you're interested in getting into it, they posted a promotion on Twitter a couple hours ago where if you mail them a smuggler's copter or an emerald, 
uh, they will send you like the starter kit, like structure deck, whatever for their for their game. So it's like an MSRP of fifteen dollars, and your smugglers coppers are worth like nothing now. So it's if you, if you were even remotely interested in trying out Epic, you can just ship a smugglers copter to White Wizard Games, and then you'll get a sealed box of the four intro packs for Epic. Jim, or you could just send one to me because I need one. Yeah. Do you uh, <laughs> do you have a pick of the week, Jim? Um, kind of. I think that Thalia's Lieutenant is going to be much better than it used to be. Um, and they're like a dollar fifty, right? Like they're pretty cheap. Um, there's that new green white guy that lets you reanimate a two drop from your graveyard, and the fact that there's no more Smuggler's Copter to like brick your whole team for multiple turns in a row means that the white like human aggro deck that Tom Ross was playing before gets a lot better. Like flying creatures also get a lot better because Drift Spoon now like does something, has text. So I like I like Thalia's lieutenant. Travis. Um Yeah, uh Oh shoot, God, I was just gonna say it. What was I just gonna say? I had it. I had it in front of me. Oh, um uh, one of the vehicles from Kaladesh, uh, Cultivators, Cultivators Caravan, has been on the fringes of standard for a while, um, and the, it's it, all over the Mardu vehicles decks right now. Um, so, it, and it's it's pretty beefy. Like it's a five five, which is uh, easy to underestimate when you're just flipping through the stuff. But playing against it, you're like, damn, that's actually pretty big. Um, and the the fact that it's a mono rock that you can cast on turn three that then comes down and still cast fatal fatal push. Or whatever, as well as uh, like ceremonious rejection, seems like a pretty useful card. And like, it didn't really have room to shine with smugglers copters because any deck that was playing vehicle just plays smugglers copter immediately. But with that gone, there's a problem. There's a little more flexibility. So we might see cultivators caravan come out and be pretty popular. Uh, it's also good in like even mid range control decks too because it's a mono rock, a useful mono rock that also does more stuff uh, later on. So it's like a dollar right now. I'm not like not in love with it but i think it's an interesting pickup clearly there's enough demand to keep the price above like bulk rare floor uh so i would keep an eye out for how things begin to shake out some of the decks that people are posting because cultivators caravan could could go from like one to like five or six and i'm a big fan i think we're going to see another aristocrats deck being built with all the sack engine stuff and as a result there's two cards i like one that will like maybe go up and one that's like pretty far out there i like Ily the eternal pilgrim as an actual pick i think if we get a sacrifice deck this could be a thing just because like they might do aristocrats part two the electric boogaloo the one that I'm pretty far out there on, but I really hope that this goes far is Marionette Master. I think if we see like a higher end sacrifice deck, this is where I want to be. I think Syndicate Trafficker gets there way before that card does. Yeah, but I, I really like the card and I'm hoping something comes out with it. I think Marionette Master is good for EDH. I think it's a good long term EDH pick because that card kills people out of nowhere. Yeah. You can throw that thing in Brea, you can throw that thing in Shroom, and it's just like another play this card, and then anytime anything happens, you just take somebody out of the game. Marion Master? Marionette Master. Puppet. Yeah. That's the six-man at one four that has um, yes. the draft three or whatever. I yeah. remember this thing. Fabricate three. Yeah. Fabricate, yeah, that's it. And then whenever any artifact dies or goes to the graveyard or whatever, target player loses life equal to its power. So, but yeah, yeah, I like Syndicate Trafficker a lot because it's a bulk rare, because it's like 
it applies a lot of pressure and it can be hard to kill if you get so, like some sort of servo engine running with uh I like it a lot with the animation module mimic uh thing. What do you want yeah. to call it? Mimic Thopter Sword. Yeah, yeah, the Thopter Sword. Like it's just sack a servo, give it a one one counter, then make it indestructible to the end of the turn. That thing's a pain in the ass to get rid of if you have a constant flow of servos and it just gets bigger and bigger. It's a yep. focus, why not? My the only way that I mean I guess the only way that I really like Syndicate Trafficker is if I'm able to walk up to a vendor and give them 15 cents on 100 copies. Yeah. Some, some, some like, I need to be able to buy, I need to get my price per unit on that to be well under 20 cents so that if I get it, if the buy list hits 75 cents, I can ship it. Because, like, buying these through TCG Player would just not be. Right. You would, That's you and me just having different uh, methods, though, and different, like, situations because i don't have to do that i can like dig through thirty thousand bulk rares and pick out like 40 or 50 of them right now and just throw them in a box so that i got for 10 cents a piece yeah i don't doubt it how many of our listeners do you think can do that hopefully an increasing number every week so only so much bulk out there you so where that. can people find you guys as we wrap up this cast uh you can find me recording brainstorm brewery in like five minutes after this uh that'll come out on friday on brainstormbrewery.com um, and hopefully our RSS feed gets fixed so that it actually goes to people's podcast things. Uh, I write for QS, quietspeculation.com. My articles come out every Thursday behind the insider paywall. And you can find me on Twitter at Rose of Thorns. My name is Jim Casal. You can find me on Twitter at PHROSD underscore. You can find my articles on modernnexus.com and my hilariously out-of-date, the-day-it-comes-out article on gatheringmagic.com. And I'm Travis Allen. I'm on Twitter at WizardBumpin, B-U-M-P-I-N. I write every Monday at mtgprice.com. I do the podcast MTG Fast Finance. And you should check out Scry.Land if you want to find magic events in your area. And yeah, that's a pretty cool site. I've actually used it to plan events, Travis, so thank you. Oh, did you really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of which, since we're planning events, <laughs> this weekend I will be at Valhalla's Gate in Columbia, Missouri, near Mizzou. It's one of the shops I work with. Uh, they are calling for ice and snow all three days of the pre-release, and we have been shut down. We already shut down one weekend, which was extremely unprofitable to do so, so hopefully we're not, players just aren't iced out of the pre-release for three days in a row, so we'll see what happens there. Um, I'm currently in St. Louis. Um, I want to give a big shout-out to the people that saw me at GP Louisville. I had six people come up to me and talk to me about Cartel and ask for advice and uh, they might have asked why Travis was salty, but it was really cool just to see you guys sort of uh, talk and like say hi. I didn't realize we had that much of a fan following, I guess you could say. But, uh, yeah, double digits, getting to double digits. Wait, did people say that I was salty, like IRL for real? I had three people say, why are you still the salty guy on the cast? Man, they just don't understand Travis. Like, I used to think he was salty before we started the cast, but like I understand more of his personality now, and he's really not a salty person. Yeah, there was like a little impromptu MTG finance meetup with Corbin and myself and, uh, oh God, I forgot his name. He's going to hate me, but he listens religiously. He's from Las Vegas Sig. and he goes to Darks. No, Sig was not there. <laughs> Sig was in his hotel room sleeping at like eight. Uh, fuck. He goes to Darkside Comics in Las Vegas. I think his Twitter handle is at BoomerPants. If I'm remembering correctly, but yeah, like it's really nice to see the support from the community that we're doing a good job because we've been going around for a year. So yeah, good feedback. Uh, I know that. Uh, I think. Uh, yeah. It was twelve dollars with three dollars shipping, so it's fifteen bucks. 
Yeah, just Facebook me that link. That would be awesome. Thanks for watching Cartel Aristocrats Finance Cast number 37. We hope everyone has a good pre-release. May you trade for the cards you're looking for. And as always, have a great day. Bye.